0: Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. On this episode, I sat down with Gabrielle and Tony Caldwell. They're the owners of the Osho Collective here in Nashville, Tennessee. Tony is the creative director and head stylist. And Gabrielle is the wellness director and reunion process facilitator. What is reunion process, you might ask? Well, I'm going to read right off of their website so I don't get it wrong. The reunion process is a discipline to interpret the nuances of muscles, testing for subtle strengths and weaknesses to have a conversation with the body without the mind getting in the way. Um, I myself have uh, experienced the reunion process a couple times, and not, not with Gabrielle, but with someone else, and uh, it was really an interesting process. I personally believe that we have patterns that we don't even realize we're doing um, maybe brought on from things in childhood, maybe genetic. I mean, I I truly believe, and we talk about this in this episode, I believe that um, our fathers and mothers and grandfathers and grandmothers and all the way back, there's a genetic coding that happens where if they have pain or fear or anything like that, it, it goes on down the line. Um, so anyway... The reunion process uh, looks at that and helps to uh, facilitate healthier choices or to remove burdens or obstacles. Anyway, it was a really fascinating conversation. It was uh, not just about that, but also about uh, Gabrielle and Tony's life together uh, in business and in love. Um, They have navigated... Many roads together, for sure. And it was just—it was a really great conversation. I very much enjoyed their company. I, I had to go over to their house and sit at their kitchen table, and it was a very cool kitchen table too, by the way. I think, if I remember correctly, I think Tony built it, um, or maybe they built it together. Now I can't remember. But anyway, regardless, it was a cool kitchen table. <laughs> so. Thank you for listening. As usual, all the stuff on the social medias. You can find me at Hey Human Podcast. Um, of course, I put tons of links up on the website, heyhumanpodcast.com. Uh, you can find me at iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, Blueberry. Um, is that all of them? And, you know, heyhumanpodcast.com. Um, I'm not sure that some of the other podcast websites have all the episodes. So, um, if you want to go back and hear the first few or the first dozen or whatever, it might behoove you to go to heyhumanpodcast.com or to go straight to iTunes, because they're all they're all there on iTunes. Um, if you want to email me, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com, I would love to hear from you. Also, um, my friend, my bestie, Ellen, who many of you have heard me talk about on other episodes, uh, she is going to be interviewing me for an upcoming episode. And uh, there's a call for questions. So if you'd like to ask me a question about anything at all, feel free to email me, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. And just put in the subject, question for Susan. And I'll forward it to Ellen without even looking at them. I posted something on Facebook as well. I'm not reading the thread. I don't want to know the questions ahead of time. I'm just sending them to Ellen. So... Um, if you have any questions, f- feel free to ask. I'd love to hear from you. Also, if you have a few minutes, please, please, please go on iTunes and rate and review Hey Human podcast. I would very much appreciate that. And it's it's just fun to read the reviews, not going to lie. I, I really, I'm touched and tickled by, um, I sound like Elmo, <laughs> I'm touched and tickled by uh, your comments and I just, I really appreciate it, as I said. Uh, other than that, here we go. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Hello, Gabrielle and Tony Caldwell. Hey. Welcome to Hey Human. Cool. How are you? I'm well. How are you both? Good. 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 Thanks for being on the
1: show. We're excited to chat. We don't know what we're going to chat about. Well,
0: that's my favorite kind of conversation. We have, have a,
1: a million topics we could chat about. Well, then let's bring them on.
0: <laughs> Firstly, uh, talk about who, who you are, because I think that's a great way to start.
1: Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I think that's always a work in progress. That's an interesting question. Yes. I love the name of your show being about humans because oftentimes in my work and when I'm working with people or just talking to people in general, I, I often reference being human is really something. Yeah, and tough I, gig. It is. <laughs> and I think that a lot of times people take it... Um, too serious mm. you know mm-hmm. because it is sometimes I've got a mentor and he will talk about the game of life and um. and to remember there are a lot of pieces to the puzzle that maybe we're not seeing all the time mm-hmm. and we get very bogged down in the idea that we can control more than we can or that we're more responsible for things than maybe we are and that goes both ways people can slide into that when they don't want to be responsible but um, so I think that who I am or where I'm at today I'm enjoying Mm -hmm. and I think I'm learning a lot about being a woman Mm -hmm. and all the pieces that go with that which is kind of an interesting what do you mean by that well Growing up, I think a lot of times, I really didn't see men and women. I did see humans. Mm-hmm. And I would have mentors from time to time that would speak specifically to the movement of a woman versus the movement of a man. Or the nature of a woman or the nature of a man. And I used to kind of brush that off like, I, I think I may And as I've gotten older and I feel like in this next chunk of life I am definitely noticing how extraordinary women are and how they move differently. Their capacities are different than men. And that men are extraordinary as well but it is different. Mm -hmm. And we have this idea that you know depending on how you look at the world but we would say that they're there is both masculine and feminine in each body. Yes. That there is yin and yang in I each body, um, but they will not ever move exactly the same. When you're in a woman's body versus a man's body, they're they're not. If I was fully balanced and Tony was fully balanced, it's it's not the same. You still move differently. You still create differently. You think differently. You feel differently. Um, And then I always laugh that God must have a sense of humor because then you have men and women trying to Mm. be in relationship together, speaking different languages, seeing the world differently. um, Experiencing the world differently. Experiencing the world differently. Mm -hmm. And I think what I've found as humans is that we make a lot of things wrong. Mm. So instead of accepting that they're different. Mm -hmm. That this person's way of being is different than mine and that they're actually bringing a perspective that can be um, valuable. And I think oftentimes human nature, we want to convert people to our way of thinking, our way of seeing the world, our way of being as if it's the right way. And I'm finding that the more and more I see people and I work with people and even learning myself finding the beauty of those different points of views all, of all those different phases that they do represent something different and moving together as a whole is really a beautiful mm. symphony and knowing that there are pieces that we don't see mm-hmm. all the time so I don't know if I've answered your question at all as to who I am, but I think that's it's a great response. Actually, <laughs> okay,
0: so good. Um, so what you guys and, and Tony, I'll give you a, a second to describe who you, who you are who you think you are, which I think is such a much better way to ask the question. Um, do you all you all work tandemly in in all everything you do? Okay,
1: yeah, pretty well. I think. I think there, there are kind of these, I would, say, I would see it in three parts. There's a piece where he and I work. It is a constant growth and practice of how to be in partnership. Mm-hmm. I think people don't teach you what that means. They, people get married. People start businesses with partners. But nobody really understands what, what does it mean to be in partnership? What does a great partnership look like? how do I participate in that? How does he participate in that? So I do think that's one chunk where we're always learning and growing and we've come a long way. I <laughs> Yay! <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there are the pieces where we, we are responsible to ourselves to grow and to express on our own where you can tend to lean on your partner to yeah. want to support you or, or help nurture that. That really, at the end of the day you may begin to realize that it's really up to you. And so either you're going to show up for yourself or you're not. And then the last piece I would say, it is that spiritual piece that is between you and whatever you think that other power at be may may be. So I would say it's all three of those pieces in coming, how they all come together in one household, in one business. It's a lot. It is a lot. <laughs> and Tony, who do you think
0: you are? <laughs> <laughs> who do you think who, you who, are?
2: who I think I am. Um,
0: yeah.
2: I am simply a guy that is learning his way through life. I'm, I'm an artist by nature. Um, and to go back to kind of your last question about the way she and I are, We kind of play to each other's strengths so gabby's the feeler and the hearer i'm the i'm the visual one so i'm the seer and kind of the taster Mm. like i can like when i visualize stuff i can visualize it to where i can actually like taste it and essentially feel it too and then i think together when we put those together is when we're really able to manifest things and make it move and do you
0: have synesthesia do i have what synesthesia what is that it's when wires in the brain cross over uh, into other areas. And like, like you were just saying, where it's something you see, you can taste it. Or for some people, uh, they hear music and see color or things like that.
2: I think my my belief on that, possibly, mm-hmm. um, I think all of us, I think all humans are born with the ability to do pretty much all the things that we see in life and go, well, what is that? Mm-hmm. I think everyone's born with the ability to hear Mm -hmm. way deeper than we ever actually do. I think we're all born with the ability to see things that later on in life we've been taught through society or taught through whatever to not. Um, There's too much of life that we don't know. Mm -hmm. And there's too many things that happen as we progress through life that we say don't make sense, but they make perfect sense, but we don't know how to correlate it with what we, you know, the rigors of what societal ways is. And, Um, I just think there's too much that actually is innate in all of us. And the closer we get to opening and kind of letting go of the ideas of what we are, the more, you know, those things start to come in. You want to hear more. You allow yourself to hear more. Then all of a sudden you're going to start to hear more, Mm. you know. So do I have that, which I've never even heard that word before? I think all of us probably do at some point. I don't know. I just, I've always been the person that I, I always use the term, um, or the the analogy, the girl from Inception, mm-hmm. the girl that puts the the movie with Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio, mm-hmm. and they, she's she's the dreamer. She's the one that builds the stories in her brain. They she can do it in real time, and they can go in. Like that's me. You can give me a topic, and I can build a story in literally no time at all, down to like minute little details. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's this can we? You but, say
0: you're an artist. Or what is your medium?
2: Um, I was classically trained in Renaissance portraiture.
0: Shut the front door. That's so cool. Which
2: I don't do anymore. My wow. medium now is hair, but um, yeah, that's what I was trained in. Hair. Hair. Yes. I'm a hairstylist, yes. so yeah. Now, I'm, I, cool so medium. so that that leads me back. Like, what am I? I'm a hairdresser that is trying to teach people that. Like Abby said, life is messy, life is difficult, and it's not, it, it doesn't need to be, it's just hair at the end of the day. A lot of us put a lot of stress on what we are, what we look like, the vanity aspect of it, and yes, we want to look good, but so, much, so many other the times, and from your past, from our past, like, simplicity sometimes is where the beauty is.
0: You know, I would... Say that a hairstylist is actually far more than that because you become a conduit for whatever your client is going through that day. You become is, a counselor, a listener, an absorber of stress, a placator. There's, there's so many things 100%. that. 100%.
2: Yeah. So I mean, we, we dance in the crown chakra all day long. Yeah. You know, there's there's not really... Explain what
0: the crown chakra is to people So,
2: you're probably better at explaining the crown chakra. But the crown chakra, and, and the simplest way to explain it is, is the the, the chakra that sits on the top of the, the, the skull. Mm-hmm. And it is considered to be the connection point with you and the, the divine. Mm-hmm. There is argument that through the pineal gland, which is considered to be the source of your third eye, which is right behind your eyebrow, that is the source of it. Technically speaking, if you split the brain in half in all dimensions, they all line up anyway. It's all kind of down the middle. But when you're on top of someone like we are, you're, you're playing in that area. And it's constantly, you know, we all transmit to whatever it is that you believe runs this world. And you <laughs> play in it all day, yeah. every day.
0: It's a really interesting way to look at yeah. it.
2: Absolutely. It's why a lot of hairdressers get burnt out. It's why a lot of hairdressers become bitter They don't have the self-care. They don't take care of themselves. They don't understand really the weight in which we do it. Because, again, society pushes you in a way to think life is this way. Mm -hmm. And it's much, much bigger and much more broad than what we see it's kind of uh, like the Matrix, yeah. In a weird way.
0: Uh, I'm thinking about it. Many of the hairdresser friends I have uh, have thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That, that, and that can be Identistic. a lot. And that can be a lot of things. That can yeah. be chemical mm-hmm. induced. Uh huh. Um, however many years you, I've done it for 18 years. Oh,
0: and all the chemicals you work in. Oh, that's a really yeah. Good
2: point. So yeah. it's it's a lot of different variables. And a <laughs> I lot go to the woo-woo things. place. <laughs> like, <"It's> well,
1: <laughs> I do think you know I do feel that when you keep the body in good working order energetically. Emotionally, spiritually, all those pieces, it is capable It is better at being able to digest Mm -hmm. and get rid of what's entering in Mm -hmm. So I would say that, yes, the chemicals could be part of that But for someone who is generally more well overall Mm -hmm. Their bodies will more easily be able to digest or deal with that intake where others become bogged down and then you add the chemical on top of that. And that's
2: that's a lot. Yeah.
0: How did you come to be a hair uh, stylist? What brought you into that field?
2: Um, I grew up in a really teeny town in Canadian border Minnesota. Uh, literally, like, could throw baseball to Canada. The town had 1,100 people. They would just
0: bring it back and say, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they, we, don't, we
2: don't want it. We play with hockey pucks. Um and I needed to get out as quick as possible. I had already been trained in portraiture, so that's what I thought I wanted to do. So I, I got a scholarship at the Art Institute, and I went but and hated it.
0: Before that,
2: I, I was think supposed it's to play important. college football. Mm. I'm a big dude.
0: You are a big dude.
2: So, <laughs> Formidable,
0: I believe yeah. is the word.
2: So, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was supposed to do that, and that didn't work out. And um, ended up getting potential, like. I had a list of schools through the Big Ten that wanted to recruit me and that whole thing, and it didn't work out. So I ended up at art school in Chicago, and well, I actually hated wait a minute. No, That's
0: kind of an interesting thing. You were being recruited, but it didn't work out because you didn't want to go that I got, direction? Uh, I
2: got a severe case of depression oh, okay. and lost a whole bunch of weight, and okay. that is a machine. Like, college football is the recruiting class of pro football. So yeah. no matter if you're ever going to set foot on the field or not, the, the actual, like structures that they have in place for the 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 like the physical form that they want the performance that they want like all that stuff if you don't fit in one of those categories because if you fit in the category then they can make it's like building blocks they can do it but they don't want to have to spend the time or the money to actually take and like add a bunch of weight to somebody it's or, like the music industry yeah 100 <laughs> percent. it's all the same really i think but so i got sick and up at art school. I absolutely despised it. I hated the structure and the rules of having to go through and learn something like this when art to me is kind of open-ended. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how you get there as long as you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time is the way I thought. So I quit. And I'd already been processing it through my brain like there's something else.
0: Were you still in a depressive state during mm-hmm. this time?
2: No, I was just in a young adolescent artist think they know everything mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. just chaos mm-hmm. in a big city
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I walked across the street and there was this guy that I'd walk past the school that I went so at the Street, there was there was a building right across the street that I'd always have to walk through after I got off the train and there was this guy that stood outside of the salon every day and I assumed he just worked there I thought he was a stylist he just was very flashy and everything his name was Thomas and one day after I quit I literally stood there until he got off the phone. And it was a long time. I don't remember exactly how long it was until he got off the phone. But I stood there and waited. And he's like, can I help you? (laughs) And I was like, what does it take to work in here? And he goes, what? And I said, I'm interested. And he said, come in, talk to me. So I went in and sat down. he ended up being the guy that owned the salon. we sat and we talked for probably three hours. And I walked out. And I had a job sweeping the floor (laughs) and getting everybody coffee because I hadn't gone to school. So I couldn't touch anybody, obviously. And then that led to going to beauty school which then led me to leave that place and go work at the number one salon in Chicago, of which I waited for a job there for hours because she was packed and always ran late. And she came up and she sat down. Her name is Marion Stroker. She was one of the female pioneers of our industry. And she said, I hear you want to work for me. And I said, I do. And she goes, why? And I said, I hear that you're the best and I want to learn from the best. And she said, can you live off $4.75 an hour? I said, do I have a choice? She said, nope. And I said, okay, then I guess I can. She goes, good, start tomorrow.
0: What is the salon?
2: Marion Stroker Salon. Um, there's all. There was two then. There's one big, massive one now, and it's just a beast. It's mm. beautiful and massive, and um, you know they cater to the the elite of the city. And I learned a ton it, it, from a business perspective. I am what I am today because of her. Mm-hmm. It was not a fun experience working under her because she came from the the world where. It was very egotistical, mm. you know. The '90s, the '80s, hairstylists, designers, all that stuff. Cocaine. Yeah, it was just <laughs> yeah. very, very egotistical. <laughs> it was upfront. I am, I am the boss. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, bel- you know, belittle you until you, mm. till you get it.
0: Yeah. Either Which, you crack or get better.
2: Yeah, yeah. and um, That's I, intense. I owe everything that I am today to her. Um, and then, you know, I've had my my own journey of. Mm-hmm taking it farther or what have you. So. I
0: find that expression... I always find that expression so interesting and a lot of people use it. Uh, I owe everything I have today to her. And I I always want to say, no, guess what? You were there and you owe a lot of who you are today because of you.
2: Yeah. Um, I, I just
0: want to make that distinction because I feel like people... Give all of who they are to either God, which I understand that in a religious sense, and, or to someone else, the mentor. I get that. I have mentors and all that. But you know what? You showed up and you did the hard work.
2: True. And I think sometimes, though, in conjunction with that, you need that person that's going to push you. The poker. I, yeah. I think of Moses.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Moses, in you know, biblical sense, God, if... That's what one wants to call it's a it.
0: heck of a mentor, yeah,
2: that was his pusher, yeah, like, and sure. his whole story is very rigorous, and it's it's hardcore, and if you look, yeah, you show up and you do the work and you have the choice to not, right, but without that pusher, sometimes we don't ever find that best self, and at that point mm-hmm. in time, that was my best self, mm-hmm. and since we found our own mentors, which I would give, they're just the pushers, you know, mm-hmm. like.
0: By the way, Moses has really good hair. He does. <laughs> just saying.
2: He does. In that time, I think everybody pretty much probably had really good hair at that time.
0: Yeah, he just trained snakes to curl around them yeah. so they get that good wave. Yeah, you know? it's trippy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe we should bring that back.
2: Snakes the snake in the hair. Wave. The snake wave. Yeah we, yeah, we could probably figure it out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> train them to be very, like garter snakes. Not yeah. Nothing scary.
2: It would be like a spiral. You train them
0: with biscuits or little <laughs> biscuits. mice. I don't know what snakes eat, mice, I suppose. <laughs> oh, <it's
2: laughs> so
0: or crickets.
2: Or crickets, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> I see the new, the new salon already. <laughs> Called Medusa. The logo's just it's snakes. Just <laughs> it's just <Medusas>. snakes. <laughs> snakes
2: everywhere. And snakes on the plane. <laughs> Well, why not? I mean, everybody else on Facebook is putting out videos of random stuff. There's the guy cutting hair with flame. There's the guy that's cutting hair with William. a with a hatchet. With a hatchet. Yeah, there's this dude with the samurai. Sweeney sorts. Todd's barber shop oh, right it's, there. It's, it's god awful. So why not just have snakes like nipping off the at ends. your teeth? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so Gabriel, uh, so how did you two meet?
2: Mm, good story. Go.
1: The short version. Yes. Okay, the short version is I, my stepdad was training in a particular martial art, and it's um it's a pretty intense martial art. You can't really do a lot of sparring. The intention of it is that if you were attacked, God forbid, you could end that very quickly, barely moving. What's yeah, the practice it's called? it's
2: called Sansu. It's a pure, like, combat street fighting art. It's... It is designed the core the core historical design of it was as it was, the martial art that was taught to the imperial guard to the emperor of China. Wow. So it is designed to get to the point, and you have, you know, a tenth of a second to decide how far you're going to take it with somebody. If you're just going to control them, or you're going to take it all the way and then have to face the repercussion of it after. Hmm. So, like she's saying, it's a very particular flavor.
1: Yeah. soup? Uh-huh. San which so, translates to the fighter <clears throat> so I I had asked if I could you know essentially audition to to do that and they, they they wanted to be mindful of who they brought in because you are trusting them with your body and you know we are all working people a lot of musicians in this town so you need to make sure you don't break your fingers and stuff so I showed up with my my boyfriend at the time and um, pulled into this parking lot and there was Tony with one of his friends and about two months later I didn't have a boyfriend anymore and uh... <laughs> did you have that inkling yeah, when you pulled well, up? And... I didn't. I you know the the only thing that I always think is really interesting is the boyfriend I had at the time. He was a he was a very genuine honest soul and he loved everyone and I, I will never forget he met tony and immediately he did not like him at all interesting did not like him didn't want anything to do with him you know and i met tony and i thought oh my god this guy thinks he knows everything he's never heard the word humble nor would he know what to do with that word clearly and as i got to know him you know i'd be googling these things it was any topic Tony seemed to know so much about so many things. And he would say them with such authority, you know, as if in some ways, like, it was of his own discovery. And I remember I would sit and, like, Google off to the side, like, there's no way. There's no way he knows that. And then I'll be damned, like, time and time again, he was right. So there's a joke in our family now that he was right first. So... Um. <laughs> um. but yeah so we we met there and I could I didn't I didn't know exactly what was transpiring I just knew that there was something changing within myself and I'm not a good once I know something I can't go back Um. so once something kind of changed I did very quickly move I broke up with my boyfriend. my My family was like, "Oh my God, what's going on?" Because I dated him for almost five years. He was my best friend, and kind of started hanging out with Tony. And then I could just, I was just watching this whole thing unfolding. And I remember very distinctly that there was a a moment we were out and about, and he kind of smiled, and we were. I think we were in, I don't know the name of the club. We were in some club, which. I barely drank at all at that time and Unlike today. No, just unlike <laughs> today. I do drink more today than I did
0: then. <laughs> What's in this coffee? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs>
1: but um, Tony drank a lot and doesn't drink uh, at all anymore. Exactly. So I'm he, a used
2: opposite.
1: Up, he used up all his credits. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, That's great. Yeah, but he, he kind of smiled and I saw just this twinkle in his eye and his he does have a great smile. You do I, have a I, very
0: nice smile. I thank, just, you. Yeah. thank you.
1: Yeah, I felt my heart stop and I just thought, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 this guy's a partier, he's smoking. There's so many things about him that I just, I was like, God, please, no. This cannot, this cannot be the one, this cannot happen. My friend was with me, I was like, okay, chip, 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 drink your drink. We have to go now, get it down, here we go, okay, ready to go? And so we <laughs> get out to leave, and and um, over time, just same thing, you know. I, I feel like I've been very fortunate to always have a good got a good mm. listening and that listening kept telling me to stay and to continue to show up um and it was it was a very difficult beginning actually and I'm grateful for that because many times when I'm working with people and they're struggling in their relationship I really do feel that you don't I don't know you know is this too hard is it not right I don't know you know you you have to find that. And sometimes mm-hmm. there are things to be learned in those times. So to say that they're wrong or that you've made a mistake, I, I don't know. Mm. You know? So there were a lot of things that I learned in that beginning with Tony and it really built a strength within me because he was very rigid. He was very shut down in a lot of ways and and so just not not a lot of access to heart, even though I knew he had mm. a massive heart. But he Oz never did give nothing to the Tin
0: <laughs> that he didn't already have. Shout out America. Shout out America. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep.
1: So so that's kind of the short
2: version. That was the short version.
1: Thank you. And how long have y'all been together?
2: Uh, just about 12 years now. We've been married.
0: 12?
2: Yeah, total. We've been married, soon to be six. Okay. Oh, here we go. Yeah. I think it. it's
1: eleven. I think I we're together know. almost eleven. Do the math. I met you when I was twenty. Don't make we're... me Google it. Google it. it. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, <laughs> right, so
0: this yeah. is a good segue. You were talking about when you work with people. Let's yeah. let's get into that um, because that's how I learned of you. Um, and so I, I'd love to hear that bit of everything that you do.
1: Okay. Sure. I will give you also kind of the short version of that. Um, So the way I found myself to this particular facilitation, which is called the reunion process. The reunion process. I, I had found myself in a pretty severe depression that I couldn't justify. I couldn't explain why I felt the way I did. And... You know, I've got my Russian Viking husband here who he very much is everyone works. strap up, like, get it done. Get the job done. I don't want to hear about it. And I remember one day in conversation with him, he said, you know what? I need you to do whatever you need to do to get well. If you need to quit your job, if you need to, whatever that is, please just do it.
0: Not to interrupt, but just to really quickly, do you think because you'd had a history of dealing with depression yourself that you were able to come to the table with that understanding?
2: Um, maybe. I think for me, for her more, it was I, that in general for people and humanity, yes. For her, I think it was simply I, I got to see her in a happy, at that point in time, kind of being. And I watched it kind of erode. mm So like it was, she wasn't where I knew she could be. And now our lives are completely different past that. But I'd watched her get into a funk basically. And it was a really, really ugly, nasty funk that she couldn't get out of. And a lot of people go through something very similar. And yeah, I I literally, it it got bad enough to where I was like, "I, I don't care what you have to do. Just do something. You have to do something because mm-hmm. you are so miserable. Mm-hmm. And it's making me miserable to watch how miserable you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she. I'm really grateful she ended up finding the route that she found because it's been extremely beneficial for both of us.
1: Okay. So, back, yeah, so-
0: s- back to you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, you know, so so here I am living this experience not not being able to understand it of course making everything about it wrong um meaning or, not
0: not feeling the depression not being in it
1: so i'm in it and feeling that the fact that i'm in it is wrong that I, i'm okay. i shouldn't be feeling that way mm-hmm. i you know i have this partner who clearly adores me and i adore him i've got a loving family they're not perfect by any means but loving um we live in this amazing house we you know there were just so many things in my life that would not quantify a severe depression and how long ago was this this was probably about six years ago okay um and i distinctly remember one morning I, I woke up and before i even opened my eyes the the very second i had any consciousness i felt the most intense dread for the day and literally, just the the energy it was going to take to to live the day, not do anything more, but just get up.
0: And this came out of nowhere. Get dressed. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and I had felt that way day after day for a good couple of months. Mm. And I I definitely came to a place where I didn't feel suicidal, but I did I did feel very clear as to why people do commit suicide because. If you cannot find a way out of that, you're you not living. I got to a point where I couldn't really eat. My body was just kind of shutting down. It wasn't digesting, so it just wouldn't move. I'd eat something and it felt like it just would stick in my chest. Um, just nothing. There's no flavor to life. You feel nothing. And that was really scary. A really scary place to be. And I was really concerned that there was something just broken inside me. You know, like, I'm just really screwed up. There's something wrong with me. God knows what. And I'm just, I'm going to have to, this is just the way I am. And again, following my intuition, I ended up calling a woman I had just met. She was an attorney. And for some reason felt like we should go have lunch. And so I did met her. And we end up on this massive topic about the universe and all kinds of interesting things. And she mentions this guy that she works with. And I said, I'm actually looking for someone to study with or a mentor or therapy or something. And she said, I think you're going to love him. So he he lived in Atlanta. And so I, I put in a phone call to him. And within a couple months time... My, the way I felt in my life was very different. The circumstances were the same, but the way I felt was very different. And I remember Tony looking at me one day like, what are you guys talking about exactly? With your mentor? Mm-hmm. Is it Peter? No. Oh, okay. So his name is David. Okay. And David Berset studied some with Peter, mm-hmm. who, creator of the reunion process. Um, Peter Skull. Sculcom? I never not sure how, I
0: mm-hmm. was never sure how to pronounce mm-hmm. his last
1: name. Uh, and Dave, Dave studied at a school called Soha. Uh, I ended up later studying there. Tony as well. But the thing that really struck me was was the experience of of my life, the experience of just the day to day, and over time. As I watched my life begin to unfold, beginning to understand why I felt the way I did. Understanding all of these other pieces that I kind of spoke to in the beginning, the unseen, that are maybe having a play in our day-to-day life. I eventually came to the point where I felt that I needed to study this particular facilitation, and so I did. I went to Atlanta Monthly and studied at at the school,
0: the reunion process mm-hmm.
1: modality mm-hmm. yes and i've I've come back and kind of built a practice off of that that's an element of what i use i I wouldn't say it's all of of what I do. I do bring a couple of pieces into that, and the way I describe it to people is what I have seen and what I've found is that there there's this really beautiful combination of three elements, so one piece is the verbal where we can talk we can begin to develop some of the awareness beginning to see things a little bit differently just an offering you bring one scenario to me and i say well maybe let's look at it from this angle Mm -hmm. which i think is helpful the second piece is then when you start dealing with the body so we're doing body work um that begins to unwind And relieve the trauma or the patterning in the body. So a lot of times the way we're experiencing our life really is through the body. Even though we understand we should be this way. I should be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be afraid of the dark. You know, like we we know all of these different things. And this is where I think standard therapy sometimes falls short. is because you can teach people all day long what they should understand. But then we have the body response to that. So I still feel anxious even though I know I shouldn't. I still feel sad. I still feel afraid to chase my dreams. I still feel upset when my mother calls me. I see her name show up and I'm nauseous. You know, like body response. Those are all body response. So once you're able to go in the body and start unwinding or kind of integrating some of those triggers or traumas, Mm That's really powerful. So you combine the awareness with beginning to unwind what's running in the body. You start getting a lot more freedom. And then the third piece I found is, is this element of community that when you begin to come together with people who are really showing up to do that work, and they're able... So we're, we're able to kind of laugh at ourselves. We're able to laugh with each other. Like, you know, today I did x y and z i've done it 500 times i've expected a different outcome each time genuinely i did it again today got the same outcome again today you know and you just laugh like i get it i know you know like welcome yeah to being human yeah you know so i think once you begin to bring those three pieces together all of a sudden that weight the mm-hmm. wrongness of all of the pieces begins to kind of loosen and now, all of a sudden, now we have space to breathe. Now we have space to kind of listen more deeply. Now we have space to be with other people. Maybe even truly see some other people. Because I think a lot of times we're, we're only seen through a million different lenses. So, hmm. you know, I look at you and I see a version. But am I really seeing you? not likely.
0: You can only see me on how what you know
1: about yourself.
0: That's yes. the only way we can comprehend anyone.
1: Yes. Yeah. And and to begin to kind of try to clear some of those lenses and create enough space that we're comfortable in the unknown. So mm-hmm. I'm comfortable to just be with you and listen. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't know who you are or what to expect or but but I don't have other programs running telling me one thing or another. So so what I find what i found in my own experience what i've seen with tony what i've seen with clients is that there is just this very natural unfolding that happens and people will find themselves shifting jobs or changing how they do their relationships or you know um, parenting differently or eating better or exercising not because we said this is your regimen eat this way exercise but because there is a natural space to do what you feel called to do Mm -hmm. and to to be fully expressed so i do believe that it is a blessing for you to be fully expressed in who you are the true essence of who you are that's true of all people in my opinion um and so my hope always is to is to always speak to the possibility of healing to the possibility of a life that is fulfilling in ways that we can't imagine and being open to the unknown and coming from someone who was a control freak and trying to figure out a way to make it happen the right way is um, that where your depression
0: stem <clears throat> from perhaps or as... I think
1: I think that's part of it for sure I, I think what I ended up just doing was was figuring out how to make my world small Because the smaller it was, the easier it was to control. So I I would avoid crowds. I would avoid being with my family in certain scenarios. Because there just was so much to digest in those. Mm -hmm. So much I would experience. So much I would see. um, And feeling the need to correct or fix or facilitate or nurture or help or blah, you know, like whatever.
0: So it just shut you down. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and literally, physically, my body just began to shut down. Um, And I think, you know, I I watch the way people are, which is fascinating. And especially, you know, so many times people who are very creative, they have a lot of information that, that is coming in, which is why we see a lot of addiction. We see a lot of um, discombobulation amongst people who are great artists, great healers. Because there is no training on how to navigate that. So, so much is trying to come in. You're you're experiencing so much and, and heightened. Or there's, there's a lot of information coming in. You know, you talk about people that write books or playwrights or... movies or you know they're imagining all these characters are they are they crazy are they bipolar are they schizophrenic or are they just artists and they understand Mm. that this is an expression that wants to come through me and I'm documenting that and then there is the essence of who I am Mm -hmm. and I think that that is a piece that I would like to continue to bring to the world is that there there is an opportunity there is a way to integrate Understand how you function, understand the body, understand what's coming in, to a degree. And then being comfortable with not understanding a lot of that and being good with that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because the world is an extraordinary place. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of beauty and magnificent things of the material world. And there's a lot of horror. Horror. True trauma, true victimization, um, true suffering. Mm-hmm. And both are true. And I think a lot of times humans want it to be one or the other. Either you're good or you're bad. Either it's black or it's white. And the thing is, is it's, it's all true at the same time. We are good and we are quote-unquote bad All at once. Yeah,
0: understanding our shadow is just as valid as our light. Yes. Yeah,
1: and understanding the world operates very similarly, you know. And there, there are many times, and I may never cease to do this, where I will, I will really sit in the horror of the world. Um, And when you really sit in that, it, it is true that there is a part of me that. I really cannot I cannot fathom why I just can't I just can't and and then I have to just let that go because you know not to not to ignore it or invalidate it 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 is there and for the purpose I would like to think that there is a reason for that Mm. but is there I don't know you know Mm -hmm. and that's that's hard Mm But I have found that the more willing I am to see those things, not only in myself, but in the world and culture, I'm also able to see more beauty. I'm also able to see more of the extraordinary magic of the world. And um, it does come in both pieces. As you expand in one direction, you expand in the other. Mm-hmm. You don't get to pick and choose. Um, and I don't feel, I, I think a lot of times, sometimes people will get stuck in being in the horrors of the world. Trying to remember, oh my god, my life is so amazing today. But let me not forget that these people are suffering. And this is horrid. And But to allow that to drag you into that lower vibration, of that space where you are not able to bring what you're capable of bringing to me, does not serve. So... If you do have the blessing of living the life you're living and it is filled with a lot of blessings, then great. Hmm. Express that. Multiply that in the world. Be that in the world. Because it is needed. Don't surrender that to the idea that you shouldn't be. You know? Because the people that are in this other place, they're living their part. And how that all comes together exactly, who knows? Right. You know?
0: So as you're going through this journey, which is epic, I might add. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> the hero's journey. If it not you have to go through the dark night of the soul to be yes. to die and be reborn yes. into your new you know, Luke Skywalker replaced. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's so <laughs> true. <switch her>. So, <laughs> while she's on this journey, how is it affecting you and your marriage and your relationship, and and even how you see yourself?
2: So, when she started and she referenced, I'd, I'd looked at her after she'd been working in in this process for a minute, and. I remember looking at her going, like, what are you guys talking about? Because everything around us is really rocky. And she told me, and I'm like, okay, that's cool. You know, Wait, good. what do you mean by that? So, it just, things were moving and shifting, and things were feeling very interesting around. So, the normal flow and the normal rhythm of what our relationship functioned life no longer really
0: resonated yeah Yeah. it was different
2: yeah so that got me interested and i started studying with the same guy and i i don't do the reunion process um i'm very versed in it but i
1: you don't facilitate
2: it i don't understand it but but you um,
1: have
0: reunion done yes and we'll talk about what that is in a second but.
2: but our relationship progressed and progressed and progressed and um it just it it just blossomed i'd have it done to me and I remember one, you know, at one point in time I'd get up off a table and I'd be like, wow, like I totally felt that move. And then there's other times where I get up off the table and I'm like, well, that didn't, I just laid here. And then two weeks later, whatever it was that we were working on, I was like, "Ha! Ah, that did shift. Um, but I remember when she started um, going down to Atlanta to learn how to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the school would go through and they would teach them and they were to study on themselves. And Gabby's a little powerhouse. Like she is, she is truly gifted in the ability to hear truly between the lines of what most of the rest of us are able to. And I remember giggling because I could, I I literally could feel her working. And so what they're expecting a person to be able to go through and just surfacely kind of dust off the shelf, so to speak. She's like, no, 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 I'm going to rip the whole wall down and I'm going to rebuild it. And our, I remember vividly at one point in time and I'm like, you have to be careful. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm just working on myself. And I'm like, you are way, 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 way better at this than you think you are. Like you were rearranging the whole entire closet and it's really really uncomfortable for you for, <laughs> uh-huh. <him. laughs> for every for everything like our whole our, our our marriage wasn't rocky in a negative way it was just very turbulent like it was just very like everything was like it was a rubik's cube that was constantly being shifted and i wasn't aware enough at that point in time to be able to you know hold settle yeah hold yeah. or just be able to settle myself um so it was very uneasy um, and then, you know, you, you only know what you know until you know. So then I, I actually got educated and, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty rad. It's, it's a, it's an amazing journey to sit from my perspective and watch where she is today because she has totally like blossomed into what she is. Um, the stories of who Gabby was when she was younger and then who she was when I first met her to who she is now is very it's a very interesting ride. Mm. Obviously, I did not know her when she was a child, but she was a powerhouse then.
0: Mm-hmm. And then again... Are you first child in your family? Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, I would have pegged you for a first child.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Pegged right. Yep. Yeah. Very, you know... St- Stubborn, powerful, driven, mm-hmm. bossy.
1: Um, that's bossy. okay too. Yeah, yes, bossy. You.
2: Amazingly <laughs> gifted at whatever she did.
1: You here, you there. Exactly. What are you doing? Why are you doing
0: that? My well, my best friend in the <laughs> whole world is a first child, so I'm fully aware of the first <laughs> child.
1: She's the best. So you yep. shall hey, yes, don't boss me. Okay, I'm a grown woman. <laughs> and if she's got all her wits to her, she'll be like, you're right, exactly right. But you are going to do it my way, right? <laughs> It's At totally. the end of the day, you're still going to do it my way.
2: But it's <laughs> fun to sit and watch her turn into the leader that she is today, you know? She's...
0: But I find it really intriguing and and lovely because I think in many cases, when you have a couple and one is on this growth spurt path, it can destroy mm-hmm. the
1: coupledom.
2: And we've definitely had those forks in the road. Oh, yeah. We have. Oh, yeah. We've definitely yeah. had those forks okay. in the road to where... Yeah, it has
1: where... not there's, there's been a large percentage of our marriage that has not been pretty on, on both sides. Yeah. And I think. Mary, I'll let you.
0: <laughs> good volley.
2: Right? Good
1: luck.
2: I'm fine that. Well, what, what, what I have found, what has relaxed me across all gamuts. On a good day. On a good day. <laughs> Again, I'm human, um, is balance. Mm. The more we brace the concept of balance, the more that we understand you can't know the light if you don't know the dark. So mm. Gabby referenced, you know, the horror and just the mm. just god-awful, nasty things that can happen in life. And you do. I mean, we do this often. We sit and we wonder, why would that happen? Mm. Why would anything ever happen to an infant little baby? that's one that always gets me and at the same time you can't you can't argue the fact that there are equally positive or light things happening at the same time we will always i think as humans always venture to pay attention to the thing that makes us pain mm-hmm. over what makes us happy because it's more of a It it wrenches the heart harder. Um,
0: We we are empaths by nature. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is true. And I think in some weird way, it also, even as we wallow in the sorrow of others, there's a little piece of us that takes a slight comfort in the fact that it's not us. Yeah,
2: totally. 100%. That's
0: the human condition.
2: 100%. I remember reading one day, I was reading in this book, and um, there was a a, kind of a, a challenge in the book, so to speak. Kind of, it was like, imagine the six worst times, like worst times of your life
0: Mm.
2: and like just sit with them and try and remember as many details about them as you possibly can. And you had, you did that for a minute. And then it said, now remember the six best times that have ever happened in your life and try to remember as many details as you can. And the point of the exercise was, is to realize that you really don't remember much of anything in either. Mm. You'll remember a couple little things, but they'll usually balance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And the idea of it is is to try and just stay in the idea that everything is balanced mm-hmm. and try and stay in what is now. It's, good God.
0: Well, I think that, know, that it actually speaks really well to your point about the body memory mm-hmm. because I do think that when people are recalling good or bad, if the details are fuzzy, the body is remembering. Yes, like your so stomach might sensation. hurt or you'll feel happy mm-hmm. or... You know, there'll be some sort of sensory feeling that is is much stronger than the actual event, than the the recall of the event itself. Which, I mean, one can't deny that.
2: No, and it's 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 (laughs) it's really cool because science is starting to catch up to it, right? So, like, we spend so much time, you know, time trying to explain what it is that you know she does, and that we, as a team, try and facilitate and make people more aware of. But how, how do you really, truly get a culture of people that are taught to not believe in certain things? And if you do, it's weird and it's, it's out of the, like, that's almost like a faux pas. Mm-hmm. You can't really talk about the fact that the, it's just weird. Yeah, people get called, like, like weird, s-
0: hippie people. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. I've it, been called that by my friends for my entire life. And yeah. I'm just waiting for them to, you know, eventually they will, you know. And oh, like well. you said, science is starting to go, wait a minute. There's something to this. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and one of the pieces we we reference often, I I think there there are two studies that have been brought to my attention. Um one I, I think the most recent one was with chickens and and I hope I don't butcher this completely if the scientist ever hears me recall his study or her study, they may be really upset how I simplify it. But the basics of what I understand is that basically they've, they've got these chickens and and they have so many generations and they, they take this batch and they continue to fly shapes over the top of them through the course of their life and then they breed them and they separate out the next generation and flying objects over them constantly and then again, and at some point, I believe, and they may have tried this multiple times, but that eventually, when they would fly a hawk shape over the chickens, they would panic. And that these chickens have never been exposed to why the yeah. they would be af- afraid of that shape,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And being able to see that there is this transfer of fear, there is this transfer of. Um. You know the what? What's the word? Like when you talk about animals' nature. The nature versus nurture argument. No. Um. Like, it, it's these things that get passed down that they they naturally are afraid of these things. They naturally are attracted to these things. Sure. That's what kept human beings alive throughout the years. Is right. that their
0: ancestors who saw a saber tooth tiger when they went out for the hunt and knows, Oh, that's going to eat uncle Bob. And yes. but you know, all the way down the line to little great, 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 grand grandnephew knows not to go near a saber tooth tiger. Why? Cause he ate uncle Bob a thousand mm-hmm. years ago.
2: yes It's an emotional DNA aspect totally of our genetic DNA. Yeah. It's, it's, you well, can't, you, you know, we're always taught through school that we're made up, of our mom and dad and our genetic DNA is what it is that makes us look like that. But never are you taught that that exact same DNA passes down
1: the Trauma, way and the w- means, yeah,
2: yeah and the way in which we process things. Why sure. do we think later on in life we always get so like I act just like my mother or I act just or like my 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 or my grandmother or
0: my great right? grandmother? Yeah,
2: um, Gabby's a spinning image a lot of times of her grandmother. I think it's fascinating. It's so funny they mm-hmm. do. They yes they spent a lot of time together when they when she, Gabby was you know very small but you know she's a grown woman now that does her own thing but yet she still does things that are very similar mm-hmm. of her of her elderly grandmother. I and just had this
0: conversation yesterday with a friend of mine, uh, Mike Trolley, and uh, we talked about how our ancestors, whatever they, their belief systems, their fears, their love, their whatever, gets genetically passed down through our line. Yeah. You know, we, I mean. It yeah. makes complete and total sense to me. Yeah. And I agree with you that science is catching on to that. It's yeah, the, it's the it's, same worm experiments they did in the 70s where they would um, cut a worm, it would recoil and grow back, cut a worm, grow, you know, all that. And then bring, and then it's the wormy children and they did the same thing. And then they got it to a point where they shine the light yep. on the worm and the worm would go like, don't cut me, you know. Yep. Right. This is, you know, I'm paraphrasing. Yep. Worms but don't they, talk. I know but this. That's, but that's what they
2: do. They've, yeah. done, they've done it with rats. They've done it with all of it. They just yeah. keep, and it, it keeps on every time. It's, yeah, it I is it's I think
1: science fact. sees that there, there is this transfer of emotion that's happening. There is this transfer of trauma. Mm-hmm. This other element of information, they, they're they just not quite clear um, how that's getting transferred. It's even in the
0: Bible, by the way.
1: Mm-hmm. Which part?
0: And they talk about uh, the the sins of the father. Yes, it's the same concept. Yes,
1: yes, that's so funny you say that because one time I was working with a a friend and client of mine. She was a nun for for over twenty years and had left and was is now living out. She's unnund. She is unnund. <laughs> um. <clears throat> And I was helping her in her house, just kind of go through some some stuff, which can be very emotional. And she was very anxious, and and she mentioned something to me. I wasn't raised really with any particular religion. I was raised around a lot of different religions, and they all fascinated me. Anything sacred was always fascinating. Still, um, and she said something to me about about spirit, and I said, "Well, explain." What what does that mean to you? And she said, well, to explain spirit, I really need to explain the Trinity. And I said, okay. And she said, so let me just get... So she gets her Bible, and she sits on her couch, and immediately I watch this this shift, just everything about her centered, Mm. settled, peaceful, from very anxious to completely at peace and she opens this book and the Bible and she goes just to page one and she starts reading and I thought the exact thing as she was talking about some of these things and she mentions the sins of the father and I just watch these things clicking in my mind oh my god that is what I see on the table and that and this And the human form and this idea of body and soul not being united. Once, At one time it was, and there was no pain or suffering. But once the body and soul were not united, there were kind of these two movements happening. Not working together, not aligned. Now we have discomfort. Now we have pain in our body. Now we are upset. Now we... All these different things. It just was a fascinating conversation. I've had many with her that just blow my mind every time. Um, But exactly that, you know, that that you watch all these different things and it's like, oh, that makes sense on this scale or if we look at it in this way, you know. So, yeah, I think it is fascinating.
0: Absolutely. Um, I know that you all have limited time today, so I want to dive into what reunion process is. I learned of it through a friend of mine, Katherine Fowler, um, I was eating lunch with her one day and she said, you need to contact my friend Peter. And I said, okay, why? She said, it's something's amiss. And mm-hmm. I said, I'm game. And, <laughs> and so <laughs> sure. I did and Peter, you know, I read up about Peter and the reunion process. And when I met you, Uh, for the first time Uh, we don't really know each other obviously but when I met you for the first time his name came up and we had that connection which was really cool so I would love for you to talk about that well in in so many words in so many words
1: (laughs) I would say that the reunion process Peter and again this is my my personal explanation Peter has taken time with, with a handful of others. I don't know who all participates in, in his process in documenting. But essentially, he goes through his work with people and is documenting trauma and experiences that he's finding in bodies. And, and creating basically this massive textbook. I say it's like an encyclopedia mm-hmm. that you just get to reference. You know, God knows how many years of humanity. And as we all know, humanity has not been kind in a lot of ways. So, of course, there's a lot of traumatic, um, sad, tough, ugly stuff in there. And what I get to do is with that tool, and he kind of has touched on all the main religions that are represented through different facilitations in that book, Um, We use some acupressure, we're dealing in the chakras, we're dealing in all of these pieces. We're bringing this all together and essentially we're using applied kinesiology to test through the body to just say, okay, so what you tell me the story. Here's who we say we are in the world. Here's our intention. This is really the essence of who I am. This is what I'm trying to express in the world. Beautiful. Beautiful. Then I go to the body and I say, tell me what here is not lining up with this true expression. And most of the time, the body's like, thank God, someone's going to listen to me? Great, here's the deal. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yep, write it all out. And then I ask the body, what do you need? What do you need to settle that, to integrate it, to let it go? What's needed? And... Again, through the applied kinesiology, I'm working my way through this textbook to say, okay, this facilitation. And then I walk them through that facilitation, the client. A lot of times it's, we're we're utilizing the imagination, we're utilizing the brain's capacity to trigger and pull from the body. So if I say red elephant to you, for whatever reason, I don't always know. That pulls something out of the body that says here, that memory is here. And we get to just resolve that. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, I have found the combination of those three pieces where I do have that verbal conversation. We do start talking about what are you noticing? Let's start practicing the listening. Let's start giving permission to listen. Let's start really showing up to to have the information that we're getting from the body be maybe a priority in mm-hmm. our day-to-day. Like we check in with the body first before we check in with our brains. And then the brain is part of that assessment. And so it's this combination of, of using reunion process, which is going into the body and, and very specifically dealing with the spiritual, emotional body, physical body and piecing that together with a training you know a lot of times when i'm talking to clients and I'm, I'm i am referencing the physical world if you were to go to the gym you continue to show up you have a good coach whether you like it you don't like it for the most part minus some extreme resistance which can happen the body's going to begin to respond to that you start doing deadlifts you're going to build your your thighs and your glutes you start doing pull-ups you're going to start building the strength there you don't have to think about it you don't have to tell your body what to do you're doing the exercises and the body will respond well in here it's very similar in here we are working the emotional body we're going to build your strength in the emotional body in the psychic body um and we're going to do that by practicing these things let's practice surrender what does that feel like how hard is that today and then a year from now, how hard is it for you mm-hmm. to just let go? If I say, okay, and so now we're surrendering, can you just let it go? Is it a struggle? And I find that over time... <laughs> what? He's laughing I, I in work, the mirror. At I him. work at this every, every day. day. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but I find that they're muscles, you know, so when you're showing up and you are working these facilitations, you're accessing the imagination, You're you are accessing the body, mm-hmm. we are working those muscles out. And the more often you do that, mm-hmm. they do become stronger. It is easier to just in the moment of chaos and panic let it go.
0: There's a reason why it's called muscle memory. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and you incorporate ancestry with that as well. That's correct.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So part of the reunion process is we are looking for in a session when we're going to kind of pull together this patterning or this force trail is what it's referred to. So an energetic pinging. So it's like usually if this happens to you, then the body is going to feel this and it's going to likely trigger these thoughts and then that's going to trigger this thing, this thing and then this thing and then this thing and then this loops you back to misery usually. Um, part of that process is we do look for the seed of that or where did that patterning, where did that training, that trauma truly begin?
0: Mm-hmm. Is
1: this something you have experienced in this life? Is it something that you have inherited? Is it something that was projected at you? Uh, Sometimes I will describe to people that very much like when our immune systems are down, this is when we're most likely to contract an illness of some sort. The same is true of the emotional body, that when the emotional body is kind of down, we can actually attract or contract some negative energies or patternings that kind of link into the system very parasitic like. Makes sense. Um so we are looking for where what we're going to look at today, where did this come from? And oftentimes it is ancestral. It's actually quite rare in my practice to find really this life trauma. Sometimes we see a doubling. So something you've inherited, you've also now. Mm-hmm brought to the table so we're doubled up on this particular experience Mm -hmm. um but it is it's always fascinating to me that what comes up in a session you know you always there's always this part of me where I I'm not sure how that's going to read to you I don't know what you're going to think about if I say so your grandmother x-men are you know Mm -hmm. and I'm always I'm always so floored by people those things click to them; they know exactly what I'm talking about, and and to hear it said out loud is almost a relief. I think mm-hmm. to think that they're not crazy, mm-hmm. you know, or that they didn't make that up. Or um, it's a
0: really lovely practice. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So the name of your uh, your place is called the osho, osho collective
1: so, osho collective
0: is that name for osho i assume mm-hmm. so no well i mean the reason i asked that is because he was pretty controversial
2: yeah. obviously he was um
0: for those of you I'll, I'll put links to who osho was so he was a guru for that was um most prominent i would say 60s 70s Correct. 80s and uh had was in Oregon after leaving India and had some pretty crazy stuff go down. So, <laughs> he did. but he also said a lot of really insightful, beautiful, wonderful things. And I think it's funny. Somebody said to me the other day, um, Bill Cosby, as an example. Here's this man who delighted millions for his entire career. Extraordinarily funny. Gave gobs of millions of dollars to charities. You know, did all this stuff. Oh, yeah, and allegedly raped 70-some-odd women. Right. So does the fact that a person is a rapist, allegedly, still, uh, although, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) But, I mean, but it's a good example. It's like if this person is this, does does that take away from all this other stuff? So it's, it's a really... Fascinating philosophical debate which we don't need to get into here too because time is limited yeah. but I have a feeling we would but have we a could. great conversation yes, about it for sure would. you, you two are the types of people that I could sit and talk to for hours <laughs> yes. I feel like so, um, so it's not in reference to that it's just but
2: not, not entirely so we were tossing around names for our business like constantly and didn't like anything we were coming up with and we were actually sitting right where we are right now which and, is a lovely table, by the <clears> way.
0: <throat> Thank and you. Table. I love your yeah. kitchen, table.
2: We almost um, got divorced table. over Yeah, we this. almost got divorced over the table. This oh, really? is one of the forks we, in the road. We built uh-huh. this table together. It's gorgeous. Together,
1: and, uh, but we survived we building did. a table. Yay. Boom. Right.
2: So we are sitting here, and we were talking <laughs> back and forth, and there's, through the company, the, the, whatever it is that has taken on his kind of corporation, OSHA? I guess. Uh huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a deck of cards that they call tarot cards. They're as far from tarot cards as physically possible. They're more inspirational cards.
0: Mm -hmm. Angel
1: cards. Yeah, essentially.
2: So we have that deck, and Uh it's called the Osho Zen Tarot. Uh um, Yeah,
1: he's actually got an app.
2: mm -hmm, There's an app that you can get on your phone. it's useful. It's pretty cool. And we use it on a regular basis. But um, was it you that looked up and saw that, or was it me?
1: I think it was you and Tony... I think Tony just said, "What do you think about Osho? And that's very water, oceany sound yeah. to it. It's very relaxing. Yeah, yeah.
2: very bizarre. And she, I think, yeah, I think it was that way because she very was like Asian that. I like, yeah. I, I like that, and I was like, "What does it mean?" Because I didn't want it to be about him. Uh, yes, I okay. didn't. I didn't want.
0: Right.
2: It was going to be enough correlation with him already, so I, I was like, "Okay, so there's got to be like that." Doesn't you don't just come up with random weird word it's a strange word so what i found was is the root of the word actually translates to teacher it is actually a title that is given to a monk when he gets his own monastery Mm -hmm. and it was very fitting for us in our space because everybody in our salon side gabby being who she is and her path um with educating and everything. It was, it was very fitting because everybody is an educator for something Mm -hmm. or someone. So like I work for another hair care company Mm -hmm. and I travel around the country and educate Um, and 80% plus of our salon staff, they do the same thing with other companies and what have you. So it it just, it was, it was really kind of interesting because it was a very big struggle to find a name that fit. Mm -hmm. And then that happened and it was almost like it was like click Mm -hmm. And Collective, um, well, it, it was a collective of people to yeah. get it to actual, ha- actually happen, because mm. we literally ran into every roadblock that you could possibly imagine in the creation of the building in space. And um, yes. there was a lot of reunion
0: done in, that
2: done in that process.
0: So, Osho Collective, which is here in Nashville... Yeah, and so your salon is there, and where you do your work with the reunion process is also there. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah,
1: it's so it's it's basically two. It's a beautiful space. Two sided. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, you know, it's called Osho Collective Salon and Wellness Spa. Um, spa is a, a tricky word. I felt like it was it was the closest thing that I've that people would, maybe get a sense of. Is it an accurate description? Not by a long shot. But everything that is created on the spa side, again, is to get movement in the body. Mm. So whether you're doing a facial, the facial is going to be very massage driven mm-hmm. and intention driven. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, getting a massage, if you're going to do the full body soak, we're brewing a tea for the body, depending on what you need. Are you needing to? kick stuff out of the body or you needing to be rejuvenated. So we're going to bring together different herbs and essential oils in that soak to facilitate that. Again, really cued to the body. We do a Thai foot soak, which is the art really of setting the body. So we have a room where we can facilitate five. And... When you set the body, what I mean by that, it's we use a combination of pillows. You're sitting in these cushy chairs, and then I'm just kind of propping your arms. Maybe I'm putting a pillow over your lap, but I'm I'm cueing the body to feel comfortable and safe, really. She's and swaddling you. I'm swaddling <laughs> you. And what I've found is when you do I'll that... I love a swaddle. Yes. <laughs> yes. And when you do that, the body will very naturally begin to release... And receive. Mm -hmm. So again, any opportunity I get to bypass the mind. And I Mm -hmm. get to just help nurture, settle the body. Mm -hmm. That's what we're going to do.
0: That's the muscle memory again of being an infant and swaddled.
1: Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So my goal is that we do create this community, this collective of people that that are very serious about self-care. Understanding that this is not a luxury in the sense of it. The way we would think of luxuries um but that really it's it is an opportunity to honor the life that we have that if you have the capacity to take care of yourself so that you can bring more to the world you can facilitate more in the world which you can only do so much and especially if you're tired you know and this is a lesson i'm still learning I have the space, and I'm learning to truly carve out time to utilize those services because I can just get going and going. Mm-hmm. But then I'm tired, and I don't have the energy to do the things that I'm envisioning mm-hmm. or seeing. So, you know, I, I do feel that the space in many ways is a reflection of, of my capacity, Tony's capacity. If we're seeing things within our space that we don't like, that's one of the first places we look is, okay. Yeah. Is that inside here somewhere? Are we, are we stepping over things? Are we um, not showing up for ourselves in different ways? So, so I think our goal with Osho Collective, and this is just one stepping stone in a much larger thing, um, is to create a space where people are are very serious about taking care of the emotional. And physical body in order to be more light in the world and people who are showing up to get their hair done because that's an expression mm-hmm. you know not because they feel like they have to fit in mm-hmm. or look a certain way for their wives or their husbands but it's like it is an expression i i want to do my hair this way because this is fun and this looks cool um and we are going against a lot of Paradigms. We're going against a lot of cultural settings that have been in place for a very long time. And and it's difficult. It's very difficult to continue to come to the, to the table with, no, this is our intention, this is where we're going. Because so many times you will feel people wanting to fall back into the old ways of being where a lot of us are trained in separation. We are trained in gossip. We're trained in this is how you find your team is that you and I unite over the fact that we think so and so is a load of shit right. you know and it's like or you can unite because you both love this creative expression
0: right
1: and that we don't know the story as to why this person acts like an asshole
0: yeah
1: and that's the truth yeah. you know <laughs> yeah and I'm not saying it's justified I'm not saying you accept that but we don't have to judge it as less than yeah um so I think really showing up for seeing people and mm-hmm. to allow yourself to be seen, mm-hmm. and people are afraid to do that.
0: Absolutely, it's
1: beautiful. Yeah. So, well, I wish you both all the <laughs> success. Absolutely.
0: Thank so you. Thank you both so much.
1: Thank you for being on. Hate well, human. I'm excited, and I'm sorry it took so long oh. to get us to this. You know what? Point. Time is
0: fluid. All things in their moments. <laughs> I really believe that. That's so, true. Yeah. It's it's all good. It is and true. Is it .dot com or .dot
1: Oshocollective.com. And it's
0: O S H O. And I'll put links on Hey Human Podcast so people can find that yes. also. So
1: thank yes. you, Paula.
2: Thank, thank, you.
0: thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.
2: Have bye. a wonderful, wonderful. Bye.